burdens down My yoke is easy now And what a friend I've found Thank you. 
If you want to go around and greet some of your family of faith today, that'd be great. streamers good to have you and uh, uh, maybe you're at home with all the, the snow that's happened well we're glad you jumped on live stream and watched with us tonight we'll get back to uh, offering and things in just a minute but we're glad you're with us so say hi wherever you're at and, and uh, if you have prayer requests go ahead and post them on the Facebook thread and we'll take time to pray for those uh, when we're done with service night but thanks for joining us we'll be with you in just a minute Amen. All right. It is good to have you tonight. We're going to um, get ready to take our tithe and offerings. So if you have something to give, go ahead and, and prepare that. If you need a tithe and offering envelope, raise your hand up and one of the ushers will help you out. But we're glad you made it out tonight. Amen. So, um, as we give tonight, we give because we're people of faith. Amen. And, and our values, we live by faith. We value relationships. That we are our rescuers. But that first part, living by faith, we are people who do that simply because we believe. And we believe it causes active belief. Uh, living in faith, and, and when we give, every time you give, you, by the way, do you know it's, it's the uh, nature of the world to collect and keep, right? right? It's the nature of a Christian to give. 
It's the nature of the world to look out for yourself and make sure you have enough. And then, then if you haven't, haven't, have, happen to have enough and, and maybe more than that, then maybe you'll, you might help somebody else. But that's not the nature of a believer. A believer gives first because then we know God will take care of us. Amen? All right, let's pray over your tithe and offering. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come together tonight. As we give, we live by faith, and we give in the fact that we know that you are our provider. And we stand in that, and we live in that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. If you have something to give tonight, bring it on down. And thank you for venturing out in the snow tonight. I'm assuming we have uh, some live streamers, uh, but all that. But it's, it, I don't know. How much are we supposed to get? Does anybody know? A couple inches? Not enough to scare you all away, right? Amen. Really? <laughs> what do you say? You said more on Saturday. More on, really? On Saturday? Oh, boy. Well, I guess we're in winter, right? I like the snow. I know you know that. But I don't like the snow if we don't come to church. That's no good, but we'll get there. Amen. All right, some announcements real quick. Don't forget, um, the EXO Marriage Conference is this Friday and Saturday. So our doors open at 7 on, uh, on Friday and then again at 9 on Saturday. So it runs from 8 to 10 on Friday, uh, 10 to 12, 12.30 on Saturday. And uh, if you have questions about that, see Margaret or myself. We'll have some, some things to eat. There, there is child care and all that. It's going to be a good time. So come and uh, have your marriage strengthened this weekend. Then, by the way, right when the marriage conference is over, for those that want to, we're going to bust over to the new building and get some work done. So cabinet cleaning, wallpaper pulling, stuff being carted to the basement, carpet being pulled up, shipwreck being hung. There's a lot of, lot of things to do. So Saturday officially kicks off our renovation that we're as a team doing it. We've been over there doing uh, some little things, but uh, as a team, then all next week. So tomorrow morning, uh, I'm, I'm getting scaffolding in the building. So all next week, we're cleaning the ceiling, putting lights up, and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you have questions about that, what's happening, please see me afterwards tonight, and uh, I'll give you a little more details about that. But that's exciting, amen? Yeah. We're, we're on the countdown. That's so cool. And uh, we're looking forward to the week of Easter, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, our first services in the new building. I thought, after all, that's like the best weekend to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited about it, and I'll be more excited when I see things done. But I'm excited about it. There's just a lot of work to do, but I know as a team, and what I like is that we're going to do this as a team, as a church, as, as ownership together, it's going to be good. So anyways, uh, you can see me, even, even Judah knows what's going on, you can ask him if you have questions. So uh, having said it, Judah does know something. Does that surprise you, Samara? A little bit, okay, so it's just wondering. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of our, our women's small groups that we're about ready to start up, please sign up at the back table. Those are going to kick off pretty soon. And uh, let's see. Oh, next Wednesday night is a worship night. So I haven't told you that yet. So uh, next Wednesday, you don't have to listen to me next week, so that's cool. So next Wednesday, worship night, so be here for that. And this is the first time announcement here uh, for the youth, March 21st, so it's about a month from now, after church, we're going to have a, a youth gathering, so just uh, give you more details about that as that's coming closer. Other than that, let's, let's get into the Word tonight. How about this, though, before I start, does anybody have anything? 
that God is doing that you'd like to share? I just need one person that's got like a little, little testimony, something God is up to in your life that you wouldn't mind just hustling down here and just, just for a moment sharing. Anybody? Going once. Got to be somebody. Oh, Samara's got Oh, come on, Samara. Everybody say hi, Samara. And Samara's, uh, Samara's the worship leader of the house. Doesn't she do a good job? I'm always does a good job. So. Okay, so when Lorelai was a baby, so eight years ago, Judah actually got fired from his job for posting scripture at International, which was a, a factory. It wasn't against the rules, and God called him to do it, so he continued, and we had a lot of people telling us he should stop, and he's like, I'm not going to stop something God has called us to. So he got let go of his job, and we were living on very little, and someone actually moved into our house, and we moved into a basement apartment for a time, but they ended up not being able to pay the rent. So we had very little. We had three children, and we were paying for someone else to live in our house while we lived in a basement apartment without a bathtub, so I had to walk to my sister's to bathe the kids. Anyways, so what we made that year, we always look on our tithing statement because that gives us our 10%, you know? And we times that income by 10 in eight years. So I just want to encourage you guys that look what the Lord has done. Amen. Just be faithful because he will Mm -hmm. always be faithful. Yes, amen. All right. I I like those kind of, I like like the, the testimonies of people who show the faithfulness to God over time. Because... As, as you are faithful, we know that God is, God is always faithful. Amen. But when you're faithful, you tap into his faithfulness. Amen. He's always faithful, Amen. right? But, but sometimes we don't tap into his faithfulness. We're off doing our own thing. And the whole time, he's just ready to be faithful with you. He, he's waiting. God's ever-present waiting. You tap into his faithfulness, he will do what only he can do. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Samara. All right, John chapter 10. We're still in the I am's. The proclamations of Jesus in the gospel of John, uh, self-revelation of who he is. And how many know that we need to know who Jesus is? We, we know him, but we need to continue to grow in our understanding of him. That's why we have the scriptures, right? We should be in the full counsel of God. Now, now here's something uh, that I want to throw out just real quick. I think... Uh, most of you have heard of these uh, I am statements before. As we're going through them, I don't think there's any of them that are going to be pro- probably brand new to you. Maybe, maybe some of them. I think last week, I am the gate is the one that's not talked about much. But I say that to say this. Don't, don't always be searching around to try to get teaching that's brand new to you, unless you're brand new in the faith. Sometimes if you've been a believer for a lot of years and you hear teachings, oh, I know this, I've heard this, you know, I've been there and done that, I need something new. Well, let me tell you something. If it's brand new, if you've been a believer for a long time, it's brand new to you, chances are it's probably not something new that's good. In other words, you can make this say a whole lot. And, and, and people search and search and search. Listen, the basic things of Scripture are what you need. Right? They are the foundational truths of scriptures for the believer's life. And without the foundation, your house is in trouble. 
If you just look for noon and, and people look for noon and they're, they're searching all over the internet and they're running the conferences and they're, they're listening for the newest word and the newest prophecy and all the, oh, listen, okay, if it, if it lines up with scripture, great, but, but don't think your, your foundation is going to be built on that kind of thing. Amen. Let your foundation be built on the basic things that scripture gives us. So in other words, it isn't that complicated. It's not that hard. Okay, so I, I, a while ago, somebody was asking me a question, and, and, and somebody was in on the conversation, and they're, they're kind of saying, well, I'll tell you what, if, if you search deeper and, and you, you start searching out what all the numbers names mean and the names mean and all this different stuff, and, and, and I'm just like, you're sending this guy down so many rabbit trails, he's going to be so confused about what to do with all this stuff. Let's get basic. So the I am's of the gospel genre, basic principles of revelation of who Jesus is and what that should mean to you. You see what I'm getting at? All right. So John chapter 10 and verse number 10, we're going to read the last verse that we read last week and roll into verse 11. But John 10, 10 says the thief and everybody, most of you know this verse, the thief comes to only steal kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here, here is a representation of how Jesus does that. And here's the I am statement of tonight, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Amen. And, and, the, and the the analogy of, of the shepherd, we find so much in Scripture. Why? Because of the culture of, uh, of the time of sh uh, herding sheep. It was something that they identified with. Now, most of us here, I don't think, have ever herded sheep. I don't know, maybe you have. And it's not, you don't see it as much in American culture as you used to. And there, there are sections of rural America where you would still see it. But if you travel overseas, you'll see it more, probably. But there's an analogy of how the shepherd takes care of sheep. A good shepherd takes care of sheep. That's so the way that Jesus is to us. Protection, care, leading, guiding, the whole deal. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And it says then, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this is something that keeps coming up in this. So the good shepherd, and one of the ways that Jesus is the good shepherd to us is the analogy, what he's getting at right here is he laid down his life for us. The good shepherd is a shepherd of sacrifice, of making sure that he does whatever is needed so we can have good life. Life reconnected to God. So the good shepherd leads us back to the father whom we've been separated of because of sin. So that is an obvious reference to his crucifixion in our place for our sins. And it highlights love and sacrifice. Amen. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You should never lose the wonder of the love of God that he would so much take on bodily form knowing that he was going to die for your sins. should never lose the wonder of that. There is so much power in the, in the revelation of the love of Jesus laying down his life for us. And you should live in that. 
Because it is your life. Is it not? Because as the verse before it said, well, the thief will come and steal, kill, and destroy. But your avenue to abundant life that he brings is the fact that he laid down his life for you. Love and sacrifice is your avenue to true life. Amen? Okay, so let's keep reading. In verse 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, so it's contrasting someone who really is a shepherd. It's going to show you what that means versus somebody who was just brought in to take care of the sheep. Someone who really is connected to the sheep versus someone who was just hired to come do it. And there's a difference. And, and Jesus says what that is. I just lost my spot here. Let me back up here. There we are. Okay, so he who is the hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and watch this, cares nothing for the sheep. Amen. Notice the shepherd owns the sheep. They are his. Who made you? God did. John 1 says, through him all things were made. Nothing that was made without him had been made. That's Jesus. So Jesus, the, the whole Godhead's involved in creation, right? He owns the sheep. Then why, why do you think Jesus came? Why do you think he died on the cross? Why do you think he sacrificed himself? Why do you think he willingly laid down his life? Because he simply cared for the sheep that were his own. In other words, creation. The hired hand, the one that doesn't own the sheep, as soon as trouble comes, he books it. He's out of here. He don't care. But God loves us so much that nothing will drive us away from him. Nothing will cause a separation. Remember, the Bible says there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the past, nor the future. All these different things. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because he's not the hired hand. Amen. The religious leaders, the false messiahs, all these different people that, that claim to have ownership of the sheep. When trouble came, they all scattered. Because they really didn't have love and care for the sheep. Why? Because, well, they were, just, they were just somebody brought in just to look after it. I don't want to turn my soul over to a hired hand. I don't want to turn my soul over to something that's a counterfeit to the good shepherd. So the good shepherd does what he does. He lays down his life because he loves the sheep. And now, listen, this is basic. For God so loved the world that the good shepherd came, that whoever would believe in the good shepherd would not perish, but have everlasting life, right? God cares for you. And when the troubles of life come, that good shepherd never leaves you. He doesn't leave you scattered and alone. He doesn't abandon you. When the bear comes to snap the sheep, he, 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 he fights the bear. He doesn't run away from you and leave you to tangle with the bear by yourself. In the troubles of life, you are never alone because he is the good shepherd. Right? And we can take confidence. There's assurance. 
there's peace, all these different things we can have because we know that the good shepherd is always with us because he owns us. In other words, we're his creation. And because of that, he loves us. Amen? All right, so let's keep going. Verse 14, so he said, I am the good shepherd. He says it again. And I know my own, and my own know me. You should live in such a way that you begin to know him in the way that he knows you. Now, let's be honest. That is not entirely possible because he's God, and he knows much more than you could ever understand, right? But our response to knowing him is because of the love of him knowing you, right? You can choose God because he first chose you. You can love God because he first loved you. All the things that we do are always in response to what he has already done, right? So he says, I know them, and he knows you personally, and they know me. In other words, there is a response to his knowing of you that you should want to know him, want to experience him, want to live in a life that you're surrounded by him, allowing him to be the good shepherd in your life. Amen. Verse 15. Now it says this, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and again he emphasizes, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now watch this. And this is where he really starts to, he starts to say things like this that really push back against Israel's understanding of themselves. Okay? So let me show you what I mean by that. And I have other sheep they are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will also listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. So Israel believed they were the people of who? God. And they have a tendency to get in this thing that we're the only people of God. Which for a season of calling was true. But Jesus is saying, okay, but that's not the end of the story. And, and that's good for us by the way, because I don't know about you, I'm a Gentile. <laughs> I'm glad I've been brought into the sheepfold, right? So what we see here is a fulfillment. Justice, if you'll go to Genesis chapter 22, verse number 15. Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 15. So we got the promise of Abraham. Watch this. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and, and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. Now, remember the whole story of, of Isaac? Remember he was willing to sacrifice, but God provided as a foreshadowing, obviously, of Jesus coming and being the sacrifice. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gates to the enemy. And in your offspring shall the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So two things happening there. Who is the offspring that blessed the nations of the world? Jesus. So the story of Israel leads to who? Jesus. And through Jesus then, back up one verse for me, verse 17. So the offspring of Abraham, the stars of the heaven and sand on the seashore, which is a lot. You ever looked up at a clear starry night? Lots of stars. Ever been to the beach? Lots of sand, right? The offspring is everybody who would believe. So we are 
in the blessing of Abraham through Jesus. Amen. So the sheep, the sheep pen didn't just stay with the Israelites, right? It then would go to whoever would believe, and that's us. Amen. So Jesus, in the beginning, knew the calling wasn't just for a specific nation and a specific place, the promised land, where they would always worship at a specific temple, but it would go through the entire world that whoever would believe would be called as sheep to him, that he is my good shepherd as much as he was the good shepherd to Israel. Amen. And are we thankful for that? Amen. So God is calling us. He, he is the shepherd to whomever would believe. Why? Because he loves us. God had a plan the whole time. Did you know that? The, the entire thing from, 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 from day one, God had a plan. But even before that, the Bible says that Jesus was his lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Even before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. And the plan is still working, right? Amen. And the plan is going to happen. The plan didn't fail. We're, we're, what's happening here is not like plan C of God. Well, plan A didn't work, then plan B didn't work, so I'm on C. If that don't work, we'll go to D. And if we have to go to E, I'm just going to torch the whole thing. That's not God. We're, we're, we're on plan A. And it's still working. That God has called all of us, and whoever would believe, whoever would respond to the voice of the shepherd will be brought into the sheepfold. For this reason, the Father loves me, verse 17 of John 10. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This, this charge I have received from my Father. So again, Jesus emphasizing that he has laid down his life willingly of his own accord. And he does this in his authority. God, Jesus was not a helpless victim. He could have stopped the entire deal. Amen. Could he have not called the legions of angels come down and just, it would have just been a mass mess for everybody? He just wiped them out, right? But in his own authority, he laid down his life. Then with the authority, of the, he was raised up again. That, that again shows the willingness of sacrifice for the sheep, in other words, so they could become in relation with the Father and be in the sheep pen. As we were talking last week, remember, that in the sheep pen, but come in and out in the pasture for the goodness and protection and provision. These things happen because the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now watch this, verse 19. And there was again a division among the Jews because of these words, and many of them said me has a demon. Isn't, isn't that a great response? I don't like what he says. He has a demon. Isn't that just easy, right? I don't like you, demon, you know? They, they were confused. They didn't like it. So their, their obvious response is, well, the guy has a demon. But many of them said he has a demon, and he is insane. Why well, listen to him? So not only a demon, but he's, he has, he's in, has insanity. And others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So the revelation of God has to have a response. Do you believe? Right? 
Every revelation that you begin to see and understand and hear about God, about Jesus, is a response to come. Do you believe that? Or you say, yeah, I don't know. That sounds a little insane to me. Right? You, you can get into the scriptures. And, and, and you will have to wrestle with the miraculous. You're going to have to wrestle with some stuff that your reasoning can't make a lot of sense of, that only faith can. It always gives uh, opportunity for response. Either, you know what? By faith, I believe. Or that seems just a little too much for me. Everybody has to wrestle with this. From the point of whether Jesus is the Son of God, just that in itself, or all the other things that come with it. Do I really believe these things that are being said about Jesus, whether he said them himself, or the Scripture says it, or the Holy Spirit reveals it, however it comes, do I really believe those things? Because the course of your life will run on whether or not you believe it. We can be like these people and hear these things and say, ah, yeah, I don't know about that. Ah, that's too much for me. I don't, I, I buy this part, but this part I'm not, I'm not so sure about. See, see the one thing about Jesus, he, he always draws a response. Because even if your response is, I'm not so sure, that's still a response. Always is a response. So the question is, what is your response? Amen? There's some other places that we find Jesus being the good shepherd. So we know Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. For even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what the good shepherd does for us. Amen. The good shepherd, even if you're in the, in the, in the valley of the shadow of death, he's going to be there. He isn't scattered like the hired hand. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. They, it protects me, right? Even in the midst of my enemies, he prepares a feast for me. Then he makes me mad because he invites my enemies to the table. Ah, I hate that. Because they're invited to, right? And, and the goodness of who he is, it just overflows in my life. He anoints my head with oil, that protection, that, that comfort. And he takes me to a place where I dwell in his house forever. That's what the good shepherd does. If you believe, you follow and listen to his voice. Amen? Here's another one. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 12. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the re reproach he endured. 
for we are here, uh, have no lasting uh, city, but this, we seek the city that's to come. And through him, then, let us continue to offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And do not neglect to do good and share what you have, uh, have for such sacrifice pleasing to God. And if we jump down to verse 20 then, now may the God of peace, so, so he does these things, the sacrifice and, and the things that we do in response to that are pleasing to God. So verse 20, and now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the covenant of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that is you may do his will, working in us, which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The good shepherd of the sheep, the eternal covenant by his blood. That's eternal. It never ends. The work of the good shepherd never ends. Amen. We'll do one more. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 25. First Peter chapter 2. In verse 25. There we go. All right. All right let's, let's jump back to verse 24. I'm sorry. Go back one verse. First Peter 2.24. And he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, by his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen. I am thankful that Jesus is the overseer of my soul. Amen. The reason is because then he does what we said in Psalm 23, all those things. As the overseer of my soul, he knows what is best for me. He will always lead me and guide me in the way that is best for me. He's always going to look out for me in the way that is best for me because he loves his creation and he knows us. Amen. So he is the good shepherd. So do you follow him? As we were talking last week that the sheep know his voice. Remember back then, they, the, the shepherds didn't drive the sheep, but they led the sheep, and, and they responded to his voice. Are, are you in relation with him enough that you know his voice? Amen. Are you in relation with him enough that, that you're, you're learning him because you're in the scriptures? And you want to know his voice enough that you're, you're a person of prayer and fasting when, when you feel impressed to? Are you a person of worship where you invite his presence into your life? He's not just, remember, he's not just the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And why wouldn't you want the goodness of God to envelop your life and lead your life and guide your life and show you that? Why wouldn't you want the creator who knows all things? Why wouldn't you want his goodness to be in you and work through you and guide you? Why wouldn't you? Again, he's faithful. He's right there. He's never going to run off. He's right in front of you. Are you going to respond? That's the thing. 
You, you can claim, hey, hey, Jesus is the good shepherd of my life, but are you really engaging in a way that he can lead you in that way and guide you and protect you and help you? That, that's the question. You can claim Jesus is the good shepherd, but live your life every day without him. That's a great tragedy, by the way. Because we're always looking for something. Fulfillment, peace, direction, wisdom, answers to questions, you know. Well, a lot of us are looking ways to improve our life and all this different stuff. Why wouldn't you let the good shepherd be the one to take you through those things? It just makes sense to me. I don't know. If you believe, why not? What's the difference between somebody totally rejects it and stays away versus somebody says they believe and still doesn't live in it? There's not much different there other than the, the status they claim to have, which they don't really live in. Right? So every day, what are you doing? What are you doing every day that shows that you need the good shepherd? Right? Do, do you need him? What do you do every day that shows that you need him? Yeah. Wake up and I need you. And then we involve him in our life. You need him. You show up by praying and scripture and worship and, and asking on decisions and listening to the Holy Spirit. All these different things we talk about. Life application allows the good shepherd to lead you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. We'll close up there. A little early tonight because it's snowing and blowing and we'll get you out of here. Amen. You know, people always say the snows of the devil. Listen, the Bible says he washes your sin white as what? Snow. The snows of Jesus. So I'm just telling you that. Anyways, let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to come to your house tonight and just spend a little time in your word. And, and, and Lord, we just want you to be the good shepherd in our life. And we know you are. So now we've got to do something about it. I pray that we stir ourselves up every day to live in the goodness of who you are. All the things that you will do for us, if we will simply listen to your voice and follow your leading, the life that we will have, and we will find it abundantly versus living in a way where our life is stolen from, in some ways destroyed and ultimately killed. I thank you for your goodness, that you are the good shepherd. You laid down your life for us. We are so thankful for your willing sacrifice for us. I pray we don't take it for granted. I pray we don't live in a way that we're ignoring it and pushing it off. But each and every day we live in the life you afforded because you are the good shepherd. And we thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. We'll see you either Saturday or Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, whenever you make it back here again.